Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 57 of the Crochet Circle Podcast. I'm back! <laughs> oh, it's so good to be back. It's so good to be recording, to be pulling content together, just to to come back and spend a bit of time with all of you. Um, yeah. I nearly succumbed, let's be truthful. I nearly recorded another podcast in August because I just had an overwhelming sense of guilt and um, like I really, not that I wasn't connecting with lots of you anyway, but the delivering the podcast on a monthly basis brings that connection. It, it kind of enforces it in a way and uh, yeah, I nearly succumbed in August and gave you a podcast. I had to use all of my self-power to uh, not to do it. It's just as well I didn't do it because there's quite a lot going on at our house at the moment. So apologies, you might hear some banging and some clanging. We've got people in painting the upper reaches of the house, so doing all the eaves and the fascias and stuff. And um, so you might hear like a radio in the background or somebody knocking on the door because um, they need my clarification on something they're basically painting the bits that I can't reach I got so far up a ladder and went nope that's plenty high enough we're going to call in some tradespeople because I am not going up uh, a, f- a floor of a house to go and paint some eaves so we got the professionals in I figured it's no good me falling off a ladder and breaking my arm that would stop me from crocheting so that was one of the real reasons that I got tradespeople in So, how have you all been? I hope you've been well. Um, depending on where you are globally, you've either had a really great summer or a really great winter. Either way, I hope it's been kind to you. Um, we, like I say, have got quite a lot going on at the moment, more of which I'll be able to share with you in the coming months. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's been flat out busy, which is one of the reasons I took the pod holiday. The other reason I took the pod holidays because I just needed a little bit of time like to spend on myself so I've like managed to grow my nails again and sort out the way that we eat our food again and I've just I've used August as a bit of a a reset to put some time back into myself and back into our household and just to kind of pull it up a few levels you know how it is when life just keeps on coming at you and coming at you and little things start to slip and that was what was happening. So I've just used August to just kind of raise the level a little bit, which is really nice. And you'll see in quick news beats, um, like when I say there was a pod holiday, I spent my podcasting time just doing other things for the podcast. So I've got a few bits and pieces to update you on. But it's so good to be back. I've got lots of crochet stuff to show you as well. Right. Let's start, though, with a yarn review, because I was asked by Blacker Yarns um, whether I wanted to review their new birthday yarn, which is called Cove. Um, Some of you might remember um, myself and Joe, we reviewed their birthday yarn, I think it was a couple of years back. Um, We didn't do it last year, and then they offered to see if I wanted to review it this year. So of course I said yes, and I didn't even ask if they wanted me to knit or crochet anything with it. 100% it was getting crocheted, because that's the bit in my mind that needs to be represented better with, like, proper British woolly wools. 
So I've been busy crocheting up bits and pieces for that yarn review. Um, Cove comes in seven different colours, one of which is undyed and six of which are dyed. And it's quite a limited colour palette. But I really like it for that because it means everything goes. You know, sometimes when yarn companies can have a limited colour palette and they're trying to almost fit every colour in and it becomes a bit rainbow. Um, and sometimes it can be a bit clashy rainbow. But with Cove, what they've done is stuck to the undyed, which is um, a heathered warm cream colour. So it's got like hints of brown in there. Then they have got, uh, they've called it a dusky pink. I actually think it's more of a kind of stone grey brown. Then there's um, a mustard. It's a good mustard as well. And then we're going into kind of teals and it goes through, I think, shades of teal. They've called it turquoise, but to my end, it's definitely on the teal end. So there's um, like a really light aqua blue. What I would say is a proper aqua blue. Um, a standard teal and then a dark teal colour and that's it that's the range so they all perfectly blend with each other Um, nothing's clashing and if that is your colour palette then you're going to really enjoy this yarn <laughs> it's lovely and the names are Tress, Kellister, Tone, Ebron, Steden, Morden and Dulles Moor so one of the things that's a little bit different about their birthday yarn this year is it actually comes in two weights as well. All seven colours are available in both weights. And I literally have got scraps of this left because I was trying to use every last bit of it up. So they have got a four ply weight. They've called it a four ply weight. I don't believe this to be a four ply. So um, the four ply is coming in at do, 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 306 metres for 100 grams. That's not a four ply. That's like a quite a heavy sport weight. I would deem a double knitting weight to be anywhere from about 220 upwards. Sport weight, I would say, is about 333 metres. Four ply, I would say you're looking at 365 at a push up to about 425. This isn't a four ply. Um, and the, the other weight is a chunky one, which is 101 meters um, per 100 grams. So there is quite a difference between the two different yarns. And it's really nice to be able to have that option because I would use the yarns for two totally different things, potentially. You know, if I had a stock of it that I was going to use um, to make something larger with, um so yeah two different weights but if you're buying it just and th like this is a general good tip anyway just because something says four ply on it or it says sport weight on it don't just take that as red that it's going to work for the pattern that you think it's going to work for because um different countries have different kind of weight ratios for what they would call their their weights of yarn and so if you looked at this and thought it was going to be a four ply you're going to be missing about 100 meters of what you think you're going to need for your project so always look at the meterage and the yardage for the grammage that you're going to get in that skein just one to be aware of because i, 
I think it's a little bit um, misleading to call that a four-ply. It's not a four-ply, in my mind. Somebody may wish to disagree with me, but that's a heavy sport weight going veering towards the DK. So some of the characteristics of um, Cove Blacker Yarn's latest yarn is that it's woolen spun. And what that means is that it's carded in all sorts of directions. So the fibre is presented in all sorts of directions. That brings air into the yarn and it means that it can be more plump and you can have more elasticity with it. But with that, from a crochet's point of view, you can also get more flyaway fibres. And that can present an issue when you are crocheting. This yarn also has got, I would say, quite a decent medium twist on it. And to hold it up to the camera, but also I have added some nice up-close shots of this into the show notes, so you'll be able to see it. So one of two of the factors that I um, look at when I'm looking at a yarn for crochet in particular is how many flyaway fibres does it have and how high is the twist? Because if ever my hook is getting um, like snarled up in the yarn that I'm using, it's usually because the twist is set too low and it's not that great for crochet or the flyaway fibres are so long that they start to get tangled around my hook and I kind of have to budge them to release them out. So that's what I was looking for for this yarn because I wanted to make sure that that wasn't something that was going to happen. And it wasn't. It was absolutely um, fine. I think a couple of times my hook on the four-ply yarn got um, split the yarn, but that could have just been because I wasn't looking um, and not been about the twist and my hook didn't snag on the fibres at all and although it is um, it, it's got some flyaway fibres they don't seem to be particularly long and they're not like, they're not presented evenly all the way along the line of the the actual ply itself so they, it just didn't present me with a problem but if you're, again, top tip, if you're looking at a new-to-you yarn, you're not sure if it's going to work for you for crochet, there are some of the things that I would look for. How high is the twist being set? Do you think that your hook is going to keep on poking through it and annoying you because then your hook gets trapped? And also, does it have loads of flyaway fibres that are going to snarl up your hook? Um, so I actually really enjoyed working with this. Um, with both of them, with both the chunky and with the... I'm going to have to keep on saying it like that because I don't believe it's a four-ply with the four-ply. Um, loved the colour palette. I thought it was really nice to work with, but it's very much my colour palette. So the things that I made um, with them were some little storage hanging containers. They'd actually been in issue 125 of... Uh, inside crochet. It was in their sustainability issue and these are kind of pitched as something where you could use up little bits of cotton or whatever yarn you've got left. So I thought well that's perfect because I had three 20 gram mini skeins of the four ply and two 20 gram mini skeins of the chunky weight yarn and they'd wrapped a parcel in some of the mustard colour and I managed to even use all of that up as well. So I managed to make if I 
and I will talk about these more when I get to finished objects. But I made a clutch purse and two storage solutions with the four ply and I also made two coasters with the chunky and for all of the five things that I made with this yarn so I had 100 grams across the two weights um, I also managed to make little um, for those of you who know that what dorset buttons are you'll understand it's a way of making a button and you put it around a uh, ring so I was using brass rings but it could be hoop or um, could be horn or bone or whatever else and um, maybe more traditional dorset button that you're making normally you would infill and all I've done is the um, I think it's the blanket stitch all the way around the ring and that just gave a little pop of colour to each of the things I was hanging them up onto because the whole premise of the um, hanging storage is that you can fit it on some of the IKEA office wall panels that you can get. And I use these for shows. So I'm actually now wondering if I could make more of these um, hanging storage solutions to display bits and pieces at shows. I think it could look really quite nice. It would be another way of getting more, um, more crochet onto my stand, which would be nice as well. So, yeah, I made, um, made five different things with it. And obviously was working with it from a, a needle point of view with the dorset button hoops and crocheting and I sewed bits onto it and it was just really lovely to work with. So it's soft, it's um, it's got a proper mix in it, this yarn, so it's not one, one breed in particular. It has got 7% Merino, 36% Norfolk Horn, 36% Shetland, 21% Blueface Leicester, that's it um so it's a, it is a proper mix in there and what you're getting is like blueface less blueface lester is softness a little bit of sheen and um, the shetland you're going to get the toothiness and some of the heathered and again softness from that norfolk horn is sturdy to my mind that's what you're getting from there and obviously merino we already we know what merino does that is soft and lovely and um, yeah, so what you've got is something that probably looks a little more rustic than it actually is. Um, it was lovely to deal with. It's lovely and soft. It's got a decent amount of elasticity to it. Like I say, it's plump because it's been um, woolen spun. The difference, by the way, the other option is worsted spun, which is when all of your fibers are um, combed into the same alignment so they're all running in the same direction so a lot of the yarns i use it's one of the reasons that i love john arban's yarns is because it all runs in the same direction and um i don't get that hooking on my hook so that's the difference between the two but having used more of this for crochet um actually i probably look to more woolen spun yarns now and just be very aware of what it is that I'm buying and it's one if it's woolen spun I would probably want to see it up close before I bought it for crochet because I would want to make sure that it's not really fly away but yeah this is it was really lovely to work with and I just love how I love the plumpness of it in particular it's really nice so one of the things that I like to do when I'm reviewing a yarn is to sum it up in five words 
and the five words I could come up with with Cove were plump, seaside, soft, heathered and natural. And the seaside bit is really talking about the colours. When I look at those colours and those teals and those natural elements and the mustard is like one of the lichens that you get on the rocks at the seaside, it's got a really lovely seaside feel to it, the colour palette. It's perfectly named being called Cove. So that's the seaside element that I'm talking about. So plump, seaside, soft, heathered and natural. Um, and also the other thing that I like to do is say what it is that I would actually use um, the, the yarn for. So for the four ply in particular, I think it would work up into some really lovely garments um, like it would have a sturdiness to it and that air that is within the yarn traps in the body heat when you wear it so if you need a proper really really lovely warm jumper this is one to be looking at um, I also think it would work well with shawls and cowls and one of the things you might want to look up is going up a few hook sizes so you're adding a bit more drape into it it's going to be quite dense otherwise so you want to add that drape into it um also great for gloves and mittens and i think the the chunky could also be used for all of those things but i think it would make some amazing homewares like because it's so dense and you could go down some hook sizes with the chunky and create a really dense fabric i I think there are some interesting bits and pieces that you can make with that for your home. It would also be suitable for all of those other things that I've mentioned. But you're going to get, if you know, mittens made with chunky wool, you're going to get chunky mittens. So if that's your thing, it's also going to be amazing for that. If you're in a colder climate, I think this um, wool could be really interesting to you. I think that's it. Other than to say I really like the ball band that they put onto it as well. It's got a nice set of waves up at the front and um, Cove is written in a, almost like a, a knot work in a rope effect, which is lovely. And it's on craft paper, which I always... I'm always drawn to craft paper. The brown just pulls me in. I love it. Um, and again, there are photos for all of this in the show notes. One of the things that I've already done is added a full review of this with loads of photos into my blog. I've linked that from the show notes. So the show notes present a little bit of the information, but I didn't want to put it all in there. But there's a link to the wider review in there for you if you want to take a look. Okay, okay, let's move on to... <laughs> that was like a... Okay, okay, highly ho neighbours! <laughs> Let's move on to finished objects. I'm clearly quite giddy and I'm drinking coffee. Um, I have managed to get through quite a few things. Most of them I made in August. Um, one of them I made in advance, but it came out on August and now I can share it with you. And it's the thing that's on the cover, which is my Stormy Rainbow blanket. I, like, I know people love rainbows. I'm not a massive rainbow lover, but I love a dirty rainbow. And I really love this blanket design that I pulled together. And so do many of you. Like I was totally overwhelmed by the number of people that were liking it, that are making it. I just... 
yeah, I wasn't expecting that. So it's been really popular and that's like, as a crochet designer, that's what you want. You don't want to put stuff out there that people don't want to make. You want the stuff that people really love and engage with. So Stormy Rainbow has certainly been that. So thank you. Um, that is in the current issue of Inside Crochet. That's number 127. I've put a link into the show notes because... If you can't get it in your local newsagents or supermarkets or you are abroad, the link can take you to where you can get digital copies from. Um, and they're also doing a really good deal, actually, on um, copies. Like, there's a six-month deal and a 12-month deal. So, um, yeah, there's that too. So I can't show you the blanket here. Like, I can't hold it up. I'm going to put some photos in. Because it has, I've lent it to Becky and Marcus at Rivernets. They are looking to get their um, yarn shop open up again, I think, next week. <clears throat> and so I have no yarn shows, they have no yarn shows, and I've got loads of samples that have been done in their yarn. So I just said, do you want to borrow them? You can have a little, like, crochet knitted corner of my designs and... Um, then people can feel the designs and feel your yarn crocheted up. And that's fine, that's what they did. So Stormy Rainbow is off down at um, Rivernets in Whedon. So if you're in that area in Northamptonshire, um, they will have details going up onto their website for when the shop will be open. And you can find it out from there. And if you want to go and see Stormy Rainbow, it will be in Rivernets and you can go and have a squish of it there. Definitely getting it back, however, because love it and so does little Pomleroy. little lord Pomleroy is a bit partial to a stormy rainbow blanket <clears throat> i had it out to photograph it and i literally turned my back there was no cat in the kitchen i turned back round, cat in the kitchen on the blanket like ah, i'm loving this one he doesn't love all my blankets he loves stormy rainbow um so yeah that that was quite a special blanket to pull together because um, I just love the concept of it. It's intarsia crochet, um, but it's a really an easy introduction into intarsia. So if you've never tried it before, it's actually, it's a good big project, but it's also a great practice piece because you're doing the same set of instructions over and over again. So it's a great way of building up your intarsia knowledge. Um, and all you need, all you need, I mean, it's a blanket. So you need 12 20 gram mini skeins, and you need three 100 grams of four ply and all of them are in the range of 400 meters per 100 grams. So you might have stuff in your stash that you can already go at. You might have some very lovely stuff in your stash that could be created into a stormy rainbow blanket. Um, if you don't and you wanted something that is representative of the one that I've got, then Becky and Marcus have pulled um, kits together in their shop for the the rainbows and then if you want to you can add on the 100 gram skeins but you can just get the rainbows or you can get the whole thing it's it's i promise you a project that can only bring you joy because it's such a happy blanket to look at it just is a little ray of colorful beauty when you see it in your in your room so my next set of finished objects were the bits and pieces I made for the yarn review. So I made two hanging storage solutions. These came from Inside Crochet issue 125. 
issue, issue one, two, five. I was watching Lee Chatterley's Lover last night, so hence issue. Issue one, two, five, and the designer is Lucy Jevdet. I think I'm saying that correctly, Jevdet. Um, if somebody knows better, please correct me, because I like to get people's names um, right, if I can. Um, so I made these slightly different proportions to the ones that were in the magazine, but that's because I wanted them to do specific things. I want to make things that are useful. I don't want to make things for your own reviews that then just sit there doing nothing. Um, so the little one that I made is there to make um, for business cards. Because what happens is quite often I go to a yarn show, I meet up with new people, we swap business cards, and then I want somewhere to house them. When I get back from the yarn show, when I'm doing the kind of pulling all my stock back in, I want somewhere to house them until I've logged the person's um, contact details. So that's what this one is for. And obviously, it has an inside crochet <laughs> business card in there. Um, so there's the little one, there's a bigger one which is behind me and that houses all of my stamps for when I'm sending out orders via Royal Mail. And they look rather nice up on my, um, I think it's called Kipan. It's, it's a white panel board that you can pop up into your wall it's from Ikea and it's got little white hooks that fit into it. So it's almost like a pegboard, but not quite. And then I can hang all of my stationery stuff in the office onto it. So um, I'm going to be making a few more of these. A great little stack buster project. And then the other thing that I made was using the same stitch. So the stitch that was used in all of these is linen stitch. Um, but because it's worked in the round... When you turn your piece and you actually look at the wrong side of linen stitch worked in the round, what you get is this lovely diagonal stitch pattern that appears. It's really nice and I'd never looked at linen stitch like that before, so it's lovely. Um, so what I did was use the same stitch pattern as the um, storage hangers, but I just stopped when I ran out of yarn. I popped the little dorset button pull on the end of it and I made myself an inside zipped pouch for it. So this is going to become my new crochet designer's pouch with my calculator, my stopwatch from Flick and my pen and my pencil and a few little um, stitch markers um, because I've outgrown my other one which was from the Black Yarns Yarn Review two years ago and this is my new one. Maybe that's the thing, as you design more, you add more and more bits to your design kit. So that was nice and easy to do, and a great way again of using up just every little last bit of yarn. And then I made with the chunky, and I'm not going to talk a lot about this pattern because I'm actually going to do a full review of the book, but these are the Qua coasters from Modern Crochet by Debros and um, lovely big springy slip stitch coaster and again I put the ring on them so that I could hang them up they were out of the way when I wasn't using the coasters and um, yeah it's just a really nice really quick make and another great stash buster so what I've got is a really neat little 
set of stationary goods for in my office that are all crocheted, which is, you know, that always feels nice when it's handmade and wool and crochet and it's in my space, then that's that's my preferred thing. So I made um two of those. And I think what I'm going to do for those of you that are watching, I've probably got five of these Kipan pegboard things from IKEA. Um might just pull them together into one that hanging up in one linear piece down a wall and have loads of crocheted bits and pieces to house all of my um like stationary bits and pieces in and then what I can have is a clear desk because all of my stuff is up on the wall we'll see um yeah that that will be in a few months time for reasons that will become obvious in a few months time um so yeah that was another set of finished objects but all really quick makes so these kind of um these came these interjected in another set of projects that i was working on these weren't meant to happen but i couldn't help myself you know sometimes that happens you get a project that just bumps itself up the line it's not what you're meant to be working on but it just ends up becoming the thing and my other finished object I am winning. <laughs> it is my Textures T V2 version 2, which is by Tina at Tiger Eye Handmade. And I've put it on for the first time today. I still have an end to weave in at the very back. We'll just ignore that now. Um, I really loved doing this top. It was very quick. It would have been quicker had I concentrated a little bit more at the bottom panel of it and actually not ripped out an evening's worth of work only to work out 10 minutes later that I didn't need to rip it out in the first place. Never mind that. Um, so I was using Erica Knight's Studio Linen. It's in um, a dark-ish steely grey colour and it's called Remnant. And I've worked with this before, and this is actually the yarn that I'm wearing was a knitted tank top. Sounds horrendous. It was actually a really lovely design. It was one of Erica's, but I didn't swatch properly for it. And um, because I didn't swatch properly for it, when I finished the knitted garment and washed and blocked it, it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And so it all got frogged back. My friend Beck did it because I just was ready to throw it in the bin because I hated frogging it. So my friend Beck frogged it all back for me. So I had all of these little um, balls of linen yarn that I wanted to remake into a project. So I remade it into this one and I really love it. Um, it meant that I had lots of ends to weave in because <laughs> some balls were like 10 grams, 20 grams, 30 grams rather than the 50 grams that the skeins are. But it means that I've reused something uh, that was sat in my stash. So the entire project took 307 grams of studio linen, which is a DK weight linen. I think in Tina's pattern it calls for an Aran worsted weight. But the beauty of this pattern is you can really play around with it and make it your own. So she's got two shoulder options, one which has got a standard or one which has got a drop in it, which allows for boobs. 
which is quite helpful. So what it does, the drop shoulder gives you more space for boobs, but what it doesn't mean is you don't get these great big gaping holes round at the side because you're choosing whether you need that as part of your construction or not. Um, and you can add in as many rows as you want. You can make it longer if you want. And right the way through the pattern, she says, it should be measuring up roughly from here to here. If it's not, you might want to add in some more chains. And it's a very intuitive make because it's got the same pattern repeat right the way through. And so it's easy to see whether you need to make it bigger or not. So for example, I made the front panel, I think it was eight rows wider than my back panel. And that has worked really well for me. What it means is that the side seams aren't at my natural side seams, they go slightly further back. But actually that works really well for coming up towards where my boobs are. So that's fantastic. So the construction is um, a front panel and a back panel that are very cropped. The front panel has a neckline. You can choose to put a neckline into the back panel. I chose not to because... I like a top that doesn't want to slink off my shoulders. Um, and one of the factors that I find is because I'm bigger boobed, quite often with patterns, the shoulder and neckline it tends to be bigger and then they just fall off my shoulders. So by not having that scoop on the back, I'm creating more structure at the back of my neck. And when I put this top on, it stays exactly where I want it to stay. I'm not constantly pulling up like you can be with other um, strappy tops and, and other tops it just stays where it needs to be um, so you work a front and a back panel and they are then presented vertically um, so you're working them vertically and then you work the bottom is done horizontally so you've got this nice juxtaposition going on within your crocheted garment um, and again, it means you can, at the bottom, because you're working it horizontally, it's really easy to pull it in at the waist if that is what you want to do. It's really easy to lengthen it if that is what you want to do. Because if you're trying to do all of that on a vertical crochet panel to wear, then you can't try it on and get the fit right as easily as you can by doing it in this vertical and then horizontal fashion so the vertical bit that I've got comes just below my bust so that then allows me to make sure I'm getting the shaping absolutely spot on coming around my waist and I'm getting the exact length it is that I want I like things set right just at the top of my hips if my garments come beyond my hips because I'm I'm quite curvy then it just adds bulk I like things that fit really quite nicely and show off my curves that's to me that's um, a set of garments that look really good on my figure um, and this top does exactly that so other you know when I'm thinking about crochet clan and people that might suit this type of top Stasia this might be one for you you're um, not a dissimilar body shape to me um, but if you're looking for something that isn't 
isn't totally figure hugging but is enough that you're showing off your curves then take a look at the um, Textures TV2. It is also size inclusive which is one of the reasons that I chose it and uh, yeah really quick make. You could do this in a weekend if you put your mind to it and didn't frog back the bit that you didn't need to frog back. Now it is slightly annoying that I've just finished it and somewhere feels like it's gone, it's disappeared. It's definitely autumnal out there, but I think I'll just keep on wearing it indoors. Worst case scenario, I've got my summer top already sorted for next summer. So skipping on to en route, I only have one. Don't have any knitting on the go. I have one crochet object. It looks like I've knitted for about three weeks now. That's my own fault. I sickened myself. I was working on a design for some um, scrappy knitted socks. And I knitted, I think, six pairs of socks in two weeks. That's all I did. But it was really mindless. It was at the beginning of the pod holiday. And I just needed something. I could just sit there and knit through. And I did six and sickened myself. And have crocheted ever since. <laughs> um, so my one en route... I just started last night, but I've actually made quite decent progress with it. This is, the pattern is The Encanto Wrap by Claudia, who is Crochet Luna. Hello, Claudia. And um, this has been on my list for so long. And I said before I went on my pod holiday that I had two things lined up, textures, tea and Encanto Wrap. So that's it. I'm, I'm on it. I said I was going to do them. I wanted to do them. I'm doing them. Um, so yesterday afternoon I went stash diving. And I came across the softest alpaca I've ever, I've ever bought. Uh, that I've ever felt. That I've ever anything. It's absolutely beautiful. I got this. <laughs> if anybody wants to take a trip with me I'll gladly go back to this yarn shop. Because it was in Auckland in New Zealand. So anyone come in? Do you want to come to New Zealand with me? Um, really nice little yarn shop. And they just, these this was in a basket. You know, quite often I think the best finds in a yarn shop are just in a little basket, the bottom shelf. Because quite often that's where some of the local yarn is. They don't have loads of it, so they can't make a big display of it. If you go rooting about, you can find some absolute gems, and this was one of those. So it's 100% alpaca. It's by a company called Brennell Alpacas. I'll, I'll have links in the show notes. I was looking at their stuff online, and what's interesting, I think I was in New Zealand six years ago, five years ago, something like that, and... Um, the, it's interesting to see how much the company has moved on since then. They seem to be doing stuff in skeins and they've got more colours. They're doing variegated bits and pieces on their alpaca as well from what I could see. This is ridiculously soft. So this is again supposedly a four ply. This is why you need to check. It's in 50 gram hanks but I actually think it's more like a sport weight. Um, but that doesn't matter because the beauty of um, the Encanto Wrap by Claudia 
is that gauge isn't really an issue. You just use a hook to get to um, whatever pattern fabric you like, basically. So although her um, pattern suggests a 5mm hook, I'm using a 4mm hook, and that's because mine isn't going to be a wrap. I have got 150 grams of this, and the pattern calls for um, 200 and so I'm just going to keep on going with the pattern until I can't go on anymore. It's going to be a lovely big like funnel cowl that is just going to sit around my neck and keep me warm all winter long. This is my winter cowl for this year. I'm thinking that what I'm going to do is have almost like a work uniform. This year I'm going to have a pair of slippers in my office and I'm going to have my cowl and at the end of the day I hang it up, maybe on my IKEA storage and my um, I take my slippers off and I, put, and I put my outdoor shoes back on and I go back into the house and when I come back the next day I put my slippers and my cowl on and these are going to become work uniform for keeping me warm out in the studio. So I have finished the first section, which is the miss mesh section. And obviously this hasn't been blocked. And when I block it, it's all going to come out and you're going to see all of the, the mesh um, stitch that's in that crochet. Equally, I might not because I'm quite liking... It, it, I hate spiders. I really hate spiders with a passion. But for some reason, the unblocked version is just reminding me of the beauty of a spider's web. And I actually quite like that, even though I hate spiders. So this might be a project that I don't actually block because I just want like the density of the fabric to remain as it is. We'll see. It depends on how big it is when I've finished working it up into a cowl. So... Sorry, Claudia, but you must have known that I am incapable of following a pattern to the T. I, have, I just have to put my own twist on it. I can't help it. So you're not getting a wrap from me. I'm giving you the Encanto cowl. I reckon this will be finished this weekend because, you know, if I can do that in one night, there's probably almost 30 centimetres by 45 centimetres there. And I have uh, maybe got about 20 grams. So I've probably worked up 30 grams so far. Maybe got about 120 left to do. A really enjoyable make. Um, the Encanto wrap stroke cowl um, uses two different pattern sections. And then it's sections of those um, stitch patterns. So it's one that you can just get into a rhythm with. You don't have to break off and keep on looking back and finding out which row you're on and double checking whether you've got the stitch count right. It's just really nice and intuitive. So if you need something that's A, lovely and B, um, like something that you can just really get into. I struggle with the word mindless because that for me almost has like a negative connotation so that it's basic. It's not basic. Um, the pattern's really well written. It's got row counts in there. It's got everything. It's got good graphics. Um, what I mean is that it's just one that you can kind of float away with. To me, that's more positive than mindless. It's like, it's a float project. You can be in your own thoughts with it and still be going right with the pattern.
There's a lot to be said for that. Um, those kind of patterns are golden when you need them. So this will be an FO for sure next month. And then I don't know what else because I don't have anything else lined up. So I'm going to keep on going stash diving and seeing what I want to make next. That said, I have got quite a few designs to work on for commissions. And hopefully I will have some designs that I can show you that were commissions. There's quite a lot going on with that side of things. So um, I suspect every month you're going to see uh, like finished object, more finished objects than works in progress for a while because I'm not going to be able to show you some of my whips. If you're going to New Zealand or if you live in New Zealand and you have got access to Brennell alpacas and you've never felt their stuff before, <laughs> do yourself a favour because this is the best quality alpaca I've ever touched. It's amazing. I cannot wait to have this around my neck this winter. So we're moving on to feeding the habit. I've just had to go out to the freezer because I've realised <laughs> that the incoming yarn that I've had was in the freezer um, doing its turn for a couple of weeks but it was ready to come out anyway. I got my order from John Arbin with my Mill special colour. So I have got five skeins of another Friday night, oh, which is incredible. Denim, denim, dark, dark denim blue with slivers of silver through it, right up my street like this. This is a fake colour. I love wearing blue. Lots of my wardrobe is blue. Lots of my wardrobe is denim. If I thought I could rock double denim, I would rock double denim. Um, I don't know what it's going to become. Part of the issue is that is I don't want to go to Ravelry to find out what it could be. It's not that easy to find patterns when you're not on Ravelry searching through the libraries. However, it's so nice. I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm not going to dwell on this because it was a mill special. Can't get it anymore, that was it. Um, it was done for the virtual mill open weekend. But I have five skeins of it and I'm very excited. And it is in their um, Yarnadelic range, which, which is a much wider range. It's just that this one was a special. So um, you can get this wool base. You just can't get this colour anymore. It's 100% Falklands Corridale. I already knitted a jumper in this and it is delightful. It's slightly chilly because it was a bit frozen. But this makes the point. Can you see and can you hear? It's so nice and squishy. And this is literally, this came out of the freezer two minutes ago. It doesn't do the wool any harm to be in the freezer. It doesn't do the ball bands any harm to be in the freezer. That's one of the questions I got recently. Is doesn't it ruin the ball band? It doesn't. It, like... This has probably been in the freezer for two to three weeks now. You wouldn't know. It's already warming up. Same with the other one. This is a slightly different wool mix. Um, ball band is fine. And the skin is fine. So there are no issues with freezing your wool and yarn. Um, the second one that I'm holding up is Mossy Bog. Which is the most Katie Green green you could possibly get. Um, it has quite a vibrant green, 
but it's got dark forestry green tones in there and like pops of yellow as well. It's a very Katie Green green and it's called Mossy Bog. And that one is, um, this was a limited edition um, shade also. And this is on a yarn base which is called Appledore, which they haven't yet um, put out. This is the first time we've seen Appledore, but it's a new base that's coming out from John Arban Textiles. Um, John's spoken about it before. And it's really lovely to work with. And it's a, a double knit. So I think this is going to be a shawl. Actually, think because I don't have, um, I don't have a Drusilla shawl which I did for their annual for the first time round, and I'm thinking I might make myself a Drusilla shawl, using mossy bog. I think. It's lovely. It smells slightly of my freezer now, but I'm sure the sheepiness will come back quite quickly. So that was it really for feeding the habit of stuff that I want to talk about at the moment. Other than to say I have had a load of other yarn come in but it's all plant based. So I'm working up to a really big plant based yarn review. I'm just waiting for some other yarn to come in from India and then I'll be able to start um, like working on it in earnest. And currently I started with raffia, which was probably the biggest mistake to make because raffia is really hard going on your hands and I'm making a hat. I say that with slight hesitation because I'm not entirely sure I'm going to get to the end of the hat because summer has gone <laughs> and my willingness to work with a yarn that's really hard going on my hands for an object that I'm not going to use for six months um, my enthusiasm is low for that one so um, yeah I've had loads of other yarns coming in but they are part of a massive massive review that's going to take me months to pull together and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do that review yet whether I review a couple of yarns each podcast or just do a lot of it online and then give you like a, a pre-see an overview of um, plant-based yarns I'm not sure so I'm working away on that in the background but I've got all sorts of amazing plant-based yarns in I'm not coming at this from a, a a vegan point of view I'm probably more coming at it from um, just a point of understanding like I deal with wool a lot and there are other yarns there and I just I like to have knowledge across the board so um, I think that's where I'm coming up um, with it. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long time and there are so many amazing plant-based yarns out there um, that have got good environmental credentials. There are plant-based yarns out there that don't have good environmental credentials so I want to look at it from a usage, um, utility and an environmental aspect as well. So coming but like months down the line on that front. So, quick news beat. I have quite a few of these because, as I alluded to earlier, I've been doing much podmin. Um, global hookups are back. The next one is going to be on Saturday the 19th of September and then again on Sunday the 20th. So on the 19th it is at 8 o'clock p.m. Um, British summertime and on the 20th it's 9am British summertime. All of the details are in the show notes, they're also up in Mighty Networks. 
you all know where to find it and it will be up in um, Instagram stories and highlighted with the joining details as well. So if you want to come and join us, please do. It's going to be lovely to be back and have us all in a room again with a glass of wine or a coffee or whatever we all want and just it's going to be nice to be crafting together again. So I'm, I'm really excited to have um, hookups back. Bit number two to tell you about is that one of the things I was doing was refreshing the show notes a little bit. Um, the hosting package that I use is Podbean and they've actually been um, upping their game quite a lot recently. So things like it's now easy for me to add alt text into the actual image itself so I don't have to add that into the show notes part. So the show notes can look cleaner and I've changed the theme so it just looks... It looks a bit more Instagrammy. It looks a bit more like the set of show notes that I want to be able to present for the podcast. I still can't align all of my images into the centre for some reason. Every time I do it, I press save. I go back into it and everything has gone to left align. So there are still some little gremlins in there. But um, all said, it's had a refresh. People have checked through it for me. It seems to be working well from an accessibility point of view for web and on their phones as well, we did some rejigging with that and we, I found a, a workaround to present the text in such a way that it's um, it's readable. So go and have a look. You know that I pulled together really comprehensive show notes. So if you ever need anything or you want to double check something that I have said in the podcast, show notes is probably your first port of call because I provide links through for everything in there and a lot of photographic backup as well. And all of the photos get alt um, text behind them too. Same with the links. I always tell you what the links are going to be. Um, so that's thing number two. Thing number three is that um, the Crochet Clan and its network and our community hub has 100% moved over to Mighty Networks. And... Uh, I love it over there and we've got a proper little community over there as well and people are sharing things and we're sharing more than just the crochet stuff that we used to talk about in Ravelry and there's a really good support hub in there and I don't need to be in there all the time because it's a community effort which is lovely. I thoroughly recommend it. If your concern is that you're signing up to another social network it's kind of not like Facebook and it's not like Instagram and it's private and you um, either join because you've joined through my link or you can ask to join in which case I then let you in. The first topic in there is our manifesto and what we stand for as a community and what we don't stand for as in if you don't abide by the rules off you jolly well pop. <laughs> Um, so that's a really good first topic to go and look at because if the Our Manifesto isn't what you sign up to, it's not the place for you. And this podcast is not the place for you. Um, but please do go and have a look at Mighty Networks. I've provided links within this section of the podcast. I've also added a link to the bottom of every single podcast episode on the sign-off bit where I give kind of places you can contact and and be part of the wider community so it's one of the things i've refreshed and backdated all of that information to whatever is now 
current. It's right the way through all 67 episodes. So come and join us on Mighty Networks. It's a really lovely fab community and you can add your photos and you can show people what it is that you are working on and you can get help in there. There's the sharing of potato salad recipes. There's the sharing of all sorts of things. Really lovely community. It would be lovely if you wanted to join us. Um, um, just to add on to that, I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> just to add on to that, I have now locked down all of the threads in Ravelry. So if you want to get in touch with me, there is literally no point in going to Ravelry because I'm not... I'm not going there to look for the community element and I'm not answering stuff over there. It's all in Mighty Networks or you know where to find me on Instagram as well. Um, next um, quick news beat is that on the back of that Ravelry stuff is also where on earth do you hold all of your project information so that you can share it with people that are like, where do I do that? Because, you know, people that for instance might want to make the textures tea and want to see how many stitches I've done and what my gauge was where do I house that information so I have an option for that and um, there are a couple of things now I I'm going to do a monthly makes roundup at the end of every month as a blog post and that will just show all of the things that I'm working on so I really try hard to keep it to as much crochet content as possible in the podcast because crochet gets a bad rap and it needs as much elevating as possible. But I do lots of other crafts as well. I do lots of baking and cooking and I make my own recipes. So I wanted to show off more of my crafty life. And so I've been um, thinking about this monthly makes blog. So I'm now adding that in I've already done the one for August that's up on my website it's all crochet for, for August um but I need something more that I don't want to create a blog post that is just all of the details I did so many stitches this is the swatch this was the gauge I want another way of getting that across and so I've started using an online um, system called Evernote and it's basically like having a filing cabinet so I have got a folder for crochet, one for knitting, one for sewing, one for recipes, one for any other crafty part of my life. And then I can add notes into that folder. So for instance, in my um, crochet folder, I have got a note on the hanging storage. I have got a note on the qua coasters. I have got a note on my textures tees. The beauty about Evernote is that I can then provide a link into my Evernote and you can all see the information that I have pulled together on that in my Evernote. It sounds like a lot of work but actually I think it's going to be really quite useful. I can add photos into there as well so you can get access through the links and I've provided them under all of my finished objects um, in the show notes. Every single one has got a link and you can now go in and you can see my Evernote note on each of the projects I am working on. Um, something that I've just started doing, so more and more detail will actually build up as I get used to it and see what my template is going to look like for passing information over. But this was one of the other reasons for doing the monthly makes blog post because 
um, a blog post is very searchable in Google um, as a search engine optimization um, potential for me. And what that means is if somebody was looking up the textures tea and couldn't use Ravelry but wanted to see other makes that are out there, hopefully my version will come up within the blog post. And from that blog post, people can then get into my Evernote file and note on this project. So it's not going to be even closely as usable as... Um, you know, the platform Ravelry was, but it at least gives an outlet for people to be able to see versions and the project notes behind them. So that's something I'm going to be endeavouring to do for every project that I have. Um, if I link it to the blog post, which is, you know, a monthly time feature, then I've got the impetus to keep that going and to always have updated project notes, but it will always be in Evernotes. And I will always provide links into the show notes as well. So if you need to know more about a pattern that I'm working on, you're going to find all the details through there. You're not going to find them on Ravelry. Final one for quick news bits, I promise. It's just a lot of podmin because I've done a lot in August to kind of refresh everything. So this is quite a biggie because for a long, long time I've had real issues around um, like getting financial support for the podcast. I started a Kofi account, but I did it as a half-arsed attempt, really. Finally got over myself. I had enough of you saying, prod Patreon, prod Patreon, <laughs> get on with it, that I finally got on with it. So I have started a Patreon account. Um, I'll keep the Kofi thing going because some people might know about it and it's already set up and it's there. But the reality is um, I'm moving people towards Patreon. And one of the things that's really lovely is over the last few years in particular, the wish to start support financially supporting people's creative endeavours has really grown. And it means that creativity and doing things like this, doing a podcast where you bring value to people, um, is being seen as exactly that. You're bringing value to people and you're sharing your knowledge and you're sharing your passion for something and some folk are willing to support that, which is lovely. And I just needed to get over myself with that one. So I've provided a link in the show notes. You'll see that there's a Patreon button up at the top of the show notes as well. So I've split it into three tiers. There's lace weight, which is £3 a month, sport weight, which is £5 a month, and worsted weight, which is £10 a month. And there are all sorts of benefits within those three tiers. So it might be um, money off in my online shop, Provenance Craft Co., um, a discount code on patterns. Um, one of the main ones I think some of you will want is to, um, within, I think it's the second and third tier, there's a, a Patreon-specific Zoom session once a month. And also for all tiers, if you are a Patreon, you get access to the podcast audio and video 24 hours early. Like, there, ha there has to be a benefit for people that are um, financially supporting me for what I do. And I'm not saying, um, like, it's just it's just really nice that people want to do that. And it means I don't have to go and get a part-time job, which means I can um, 
actually do what it is that I love doing because essentially it becomes my part-time job rather than something that I'm just trying to squeeze in and fit in with everything else so it allows me to take a slightly different look at the podcast and how I deliver it and what I deliver which is nice um yeah it still feels weird I think my issue around it was that it felt like begging and it's not like I put out a crochet podcast month on month on month for years and I work really hard to make it good quality and interesting and to build up skills and knowledge and that that's a job so yeah I'm 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 kind of over it I'm not really over it but I'm over it shut up so if you would like to support um me and the podcast and what I do here then please head to Patreon and take a look at what the different tiers are there. There is absolutely no pressure to do so though if it's not something that you do and it's not something that you can afford to do there are plenty of things that you can do to support podcasters are free. Hitting the like button, watching an entire advert on YouTube has a difference, sharing um, the content just um little words of encouragement they're all free it's a little bit of time but they're all free and they really make a difference to podcasters and i i don't just mean me i mean all of us a lot of us put our hearts and souls into what we do and your feedback and your likes and your comments really make the world of difference also right final bit um i know that quite a few of you know of Ishrat's work. Ishrat is fruitful, fruitful fusion. My God, I can't speak today. Ishrat is of fruitful fusions. I just need to get Lady Chatterley about it. Ishrat is of fruitful fusions. Um, she is knocking it out of the park with her dyeing at the moment. She's just started doing variegated mini skeins. Now, as crocheters, many of us love a mini skein. You don't often find variegated ones. Ishrat's doing them. She did a load for last weekend for an online yarn festival, so I don't know how many she's got left. But if you're looking for some, her colours are really good. And Ishrat is just like lovely, lovely, lovely human being. Um, so I've provided links into the show notes. Go and check out what she's doing. She also has some flaming, amazing... Um, lace mohair going on so if you're looking to support a new dyer um, she's been trading for just over a year now and like, I can see a difference in her dyeing from the beginning to now and um, I think that a lot of her dyeing is really um, appropriate for crochet if you don't like colour pulling as well which is a nice thing to have uh, but yeah go and check her out her colours are amazing she does quite a few earthy tones but she does a fair few at the funky end as well so if you're not completely earthy like me and you want some brights in there then Ishra also does that but I think in particular lots of you are going to love a variegated mini skein so yeah go and check out what Ishra is up to because her stuff is if I wasn't yarn banning it I would have been on there last weekend buying mini skeins because they're just beautiful. Right, 
I think I'm done. And I've got to go because I have, I have something to go and do. <laughs> um, I will be back on the 2nd of October. It's been really nice to be back. Like, I feel like I'm home. Podcast is home for me. Crochet is home for me. Crochet Clan is home for me. So, yeah, it's nice to be back. Back on the 2nd of October. Until then, I will be on Instagram and in Mighty Networks. And I will see you in internet land. I'm waving! Like, with a big open hand? I don't know what that's about. I'm moving. It's a proper monarch wave. has started already. Why can't you just leave it be? Oh my word. Like seriously, stop touching your hair. Just let it be.